What's going on, guys? Today, this is Poppy Code, episode three. What's going on? Where I answer anything you guys send in. I give in any advice about any fucking question. Because I love you. Today, we got some super good ones. Kind of long, but I'm willing to help. I got time. You got time. Let's fucking do this, shall we? Happy Saturday. We don't need an intro. Let's just hop right in. All right, for the first one, this is on Facebook. I'll go Facebook, YouTube video, and then Instagram. Hey, Poppy. First of all, I want to say that I really enjoy your videos. Thank you so much. Okay, wait. I'm getting a call. Who's calling me? I'm working. Fuck you. I don't answer phone calls, by the way. All right. My husband and I have been together for three years and married for one. We have a beautiful nine-month-old daughter. He's a hard worker and works overtime to provide for us. Since I get to stay home and raise our daughter, whatever he needs to provide, in that aspect, I can't complain. It's just after about three months, we really don't, ha- we really haven't been intimate. I know I've gained a little fat after the pregnancy, but I know I will lose it soon, as soon as Chicago weather gets nice. I feel ya. Because I'm a really active woman, and I love the outdoors. My husband has also gained a few pounds, and he's bigger than I ever have seen him before. That said, I told him how I felt and if he found me unattractive because of my weight. He told me, not at all. I will always love you. I just feel really stressed out and I'm fat. That I'm not in the mood I have too much going on. Sometimes I feel it's because he's 14 years older than I am and he's probably going through some type of change older men get. I don't know. It's hard for me to... It's hard for me to understand, and I would really like for us to get intimate again. I love him fat or skinny. He's the love of my life, and I don't want this to ruin our marriage. Okay, so... Here's the thing. I, I can't tell you if there's anything going on, like, older men-wise, because I'm going to take a wild guess that you're both older than I am. Um, but but from my instant thought when I read this was, okay, he might, well, he is, I don't know how old you are, but 14 years older than you. That, that is a huge possibility. Um, I think you guys need to be super open about this and talk about it a lot. I mean, it, it might really be, like, if he is tired... And if he is the fattest you've ever seen him, he might just be, like, really, really fucking embarrassed. Like, that might be a huge problem for him. You know, like, that would be for me. Like, if I gain a lot of weight, I wouldn't want to. Like, I would feel bad. I'd be like, look at this. Like, this, it, it's, it would ruin the whole thing. Because you're just thinking about how you look during, you know, and it would ruin the whole thing for him. And he might, like, feel bad. Man, I want to, like, put you through seeing him like that. Like, these are just my thoughts and what I would be thinking, especially because I used to be super fat, and these are the thoughts that I've had before. So I say really, like, make sure to tell him. He, he might be like, oh, yeah, of course she loves me, fat or skinny. But, I, I mean, really bring it home, you know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't know how to do that, but I think, like, really making him know that you're 100% serious and not just saying it because you're obligated to would really, really help. Also, if you're a really active person, maybe since he's feeling bad about himself, like maybe you guys could both work out together and like build a bond that way. And like, a, I mean, you guys obviously have a bond, but like a deeper bond. If you guys have never worked out together, I think that would be pretty fucking awesome, you know? Couples who live together stay together, am I right? But I think that would be super cool. Working out's good, even if you were in super good shape. Anybody listening to this, if you're in super good shape and your you know, significant other is as well, you should still work out with him. I don't know. But yeah, keep in mind, it might just be him being actually really fat and extremely embarrassed. Like, that's a, that's a real thing. When starting YouTube, do you worry about personal info being leaked or getting doxxed? <clears throat> doxxed is when, like, somebody shows your address, your house, or, like, pretty much giving out your address in your house and shit like that. I would like to start one, but I'm always afraid of becoming known for my child's safety or some someone causing issues in my family. Even with 1K subscribers, you never know with people. Okay, so I understand. 
okay, I actually don't understand what you're coming from because honestly, I mean, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. Like I get that you might be worried for your privacy, but like if somebody really wanted to figure out where you live, like they could figure out where you live. I mean, like why would somebody want to do something malicious towards you? I mean, like I could see that if you're like me, who's, who's a total asshole on the internet, but I doubt that if you start a, you know, a YouTube channel, something bad's going to happen. I mean, like, yeah, you might get docs. Like I've had people be like, like they've told me my street address before. And I'm like, all right, I just deleted their message. I'm like, whatever. Like they're not going to fucking do anything. If it's a real issue and you do blow up, I mean, if you do get super known, just move. I I wouldn't even worry about it to be totally fucking honest. Like that's, that's such a out there thing to worry about. Like the, the ups of being known on YouTube and like doing this for a living is way bit better than the downs of people possibly knowing where you live. You know, I I don't think somebody's going to come kill you or anything like that. I think that's really, really reaching. (coughs) Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Let's check the YouTube video. Um, I don't think, I don't know if a lot of people comment questions on the YouTube video, but we'll check. Because, like, that's super, like, public and stuff. People usually just DM me him, obviously. Damn, Poppy, you're smarter than Dr. Film. I agree. Fuck that guy. I'm just wondering, how do I gain subscribers? Well, um, gaining subscribers is one of, I think, one of the hardest things to do, right? Like, if you're trying, like, this is super, this could go, like, super in-depth or super not in-depth. We'll go, like, maybe a little bit half and half. Um, So, gaining subscribers, because it's so, there's, so many people doing YouTube, like an incredible amount, and you're fighting for people's attention. So gaining subscribers, and the best way I could tell you is be consistent on YouTube, um, make really good content as much as possible, and learn SEO, okay? Search engine optimization. I'm not going to go too in-depth because people probably really honestly don't give a shit, but like SEO, Wait, who the fuck is this person? Sorry, there's something in my recommended videos. Guy called Wave Poppy. I'm going to look you up. Taking that name, bitch. Um, SEO is search engine optimization. YouTube is a search engine. You know, worry about your thumbnails and worry about your title. The title is means everything. Okay, it's a search engine, and people are searching for that. That's the best way to get your shit found. And don't get discouraged, and don't compare yourself to others, bigger or smaller, because that's just going to discourage you. Like, people gain 30,000 subs in a day. You know what I'm saying? But uh, consistency, titles, thumbnail and good quality content, if you're good and you do good titles, I can guarantee you it will work because there's so much shit on YouTube. Like, if you're good, it will stand out easily, in my opinion. I love this one person's like, dude, I lived in Chicago from 95 to 01. Never did I ever come across you at a uh, pub crawl. Well, that, buddy, because in 2001, I was six years old. So, all right, that was the only question on there. See, not a lot of people ask questions on the video. That makes a lot of sense. Now we're going to go in to Insta. I don't know if there's any on the, even like on the picture. Okay, my friend has been going out slash seeing this guy for five months, and he hasn't committed to her yet. Asked her to be a boyfriend or girlfriend. Do you think he's interested slash how to get him to commit to her? Okay, well, you can't get him to commit to her. Like, that's not going to happen. You wouldn't want to force that anyway. So that avoid that as much as possible. Do you think he's interested? I mean, I don't know the person personally, obviously. Uh, I can't see how he acts with her and how he acts around his homies and how he introduces her and how he walks with her and stuff like that. Um, I mean, if he acts like it's his girl and isn't, like, fucking other chicks, does does the title really, really matter, honestly? Um, maybe this person's really trying to feel it out? Because, honestly, five months, like, isn't that long of a time. However, there is this possibility that he's just, like, using her. 
You know what I'm saying? I would have to know the person far more. But either it just depends on how they act. So you could probably base it off of this. If they're acting like they're not, you know, they only act in a certain nice way, lovey-dovey to them when they're with them and don't bring them around the homies and things like that, then that would be extremely concerning and she should probably stop that because it sounds like since you're asking the question and it's your friend or, I mean, yeah, I would just tell them to stop because they're probably concerned as well. Unless the guy really might just be like really testing it out to see the person because, and he might have the idea of like, it's just who cares about a title? You know what I'm saying? Um, but you really have to base this one off of how that person acts around that person and other people and how their demeanor change and how they introduce each other. And if they're like at around a club with a bunch of bitches, how are they acting with that girl? Are they still seeming like openly single and like approachable and like trying to like talk to other bitches and stuff like that? Those are things I would look out for. And if it looks like he's just playing her, she should probably leave as soon as possible and just cut her losses. All right, this one's super long, so I'm going to um, give you guys the spark notes on this. So this person was, like, in Australia, loves Australia. When she comes back from Australia to America or wherever, uh, she feels depressed. She said her mother, her relationship with her mother is less than pleasant about 80% of the time. Apparently her mom told her she wished she wasn't there. You decided to finish your schooling here, and you have one year left, and then go to a student visa over there. So the only way you could live there is if you go to school for two years minimum and then apply for permanent residence. Okay, so apparently there's a problem with like moving in there with your friend. We'll, we'll get into that. But uh, so it's thirty-three thousand a year, and the pl- plan you want to do is three years. So that's a hundred thousand um, dollars. That's a lot of debt, and you're saying you're a broke ass bitch. That is a lot of debt. Uh, you're saying it instantly felt like home to you, but um, you're saying you're being swayed by your affection for your friend. Your argument is if you still want to go in a year, then you'll do it. And if you stop being friends with him after going there, you'd be sad, but you know you could build a life there for yourself. You mentioned dating to him once. Oh, he said he really likes you. He could see himself dating you, but not long distance. But he said, but maybe not because we're friends. We've been friends for years, and he's never looked at me that way. Uh, I don't, that sounds a little iffy on there. So you've never been attached to where you live now. You've always wanted to leave, but you just never thought it'd be halfway around the globe. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying you're asking this because you can't talk to people around you because they think you're just moving for a boy. Uh, I totally understand why they would think that. Um, So I see why people would be like, be thinking that, like, even though you say you want to go, like, you do school there and you really like Australia, people will get stuck on the boy part and think you're just adding in that other stuff to make it seem like, oh, no, that's not the only reason, but I I totally believe you. So I say definitely don't worry about the guy thing. Like, if that happens, it happens. That's something you should definitely not even, like, have on the plate, really. That should be on the back burner, especially when it comes to, like, career-wise and shit like that. So if you want to stay here for a year and then move there, um, okay, so $100,000 worth of debt is insane. I, if that's the route you want to take, I'm not big on schooling. I don't, I don't fuck with, you know, normal schooling unless you legally have to go to school for it. Um, that is a huge decision that I don't know how old you are, but that really needs to be thought about because that is a lot of debt. You cannot file bankruptcy on student loans. So really think about that one. Um, maybe try moving out somewhere around like where you're living now, but like maybe like not in your state. You can move. I don't know if you're in America. I didn't like remember that part, but if you're in America or wherever, move somewhere else, test that out. And see how that works before moving like halfway across the globe. I know you're getting really pulled into there. But you got time. You know, I'm assuming you have time since you're still in school. You could be older, could be younger, whatever. But but really test it out, you know. 
uh, making a huge commitment like this is fine. I mean, it's not permanent or anything, except for student debt is permanent. Um, if, if it's what you really, really want, it's really pulling you towards it, then do it. I, I don't see any reason. You live once. Like, just do it, I guess. But if there's any way to do it without the schooling part or do it cheaper, absolutely, because that is a lot, a lot of money. And that could be a real burden to you in the future and, and really, like, put a lot of pressure on you. But I say do it. If if that's where your, like, soul or, like, your, your body is, fo- like, you feel like you need to be there, absolutely do it. 100%. There's no reason on earth why you shouldn't because if you just wait longer and there's some reason why you can't go later in the future, I think you're going to regret it. Um, and the guy, if that doesn't work out, uh, there's 7 billion people on earth, you know? That's not something I would really... I, I get that some people are like that where they, they use that in the deciding factor, but I absolutely wouldn't, no matter who they are. It's about you in the end. So if, if it's pulling you there, I say fucking do it. And if the schooling is the thing and it's right, it's a good school, and it's what you love to do, then do it. I see really no downside aside from the debt because that's a lot for three years. But if it's what you want, then $100,000 is worth being happy. All right, we got about five more. Let's see. Question for Poppy Code. How do you deal with being hit on by men? Um, I I mean, like, I have been before. Like, usually gay men to me will just, like, in person, they'll, like, ask if I'm gay or ask a friend if I'm gay. And they'll just be like, no. I'm like, oh, thank you. Whatever. Or something like that. Um, it hasn't been, like, super forward, like how men are with women at bars. However, like, people, gay men message me and are super into it and shit. I'm just like, oh, thanks. Yep. You know, shit like that, like, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't, like, I'm not mean. I'm just like, thank you. I, w- I would take it as a compliment just, like, how as a woman would compliment me. It doesn't really change. It's just a guy. It doesn't make me feel weird. I just move it along just like the other people, you know? I've been married to my husband for almost two years. I dropped everything back home to follow him in his career of choice, the Marines. My problem is with one of his coworkers that happens to be a female. A few weeks ago, he mentioned to me that they were going to... Begin carpooling because the female need help saving money. I didn't have a problem with it, seeing how it was reasonable. After a few weeks, my husband and a few workers agreed to go out for lunch. And, of course, I was invited, and the other female was too. This is when she really rubbed me the wrong way. When she arrived, she greeted everyone except for me. Hmm. It was even weirder because she sat right next to me. Okay. My husband sat right next to my other side. Throughout the whole time, she walked... Throughout the whole time, she would talk over me as if I wasn't there, which was very rude in my eyes. Later that night, I was laying in bed... And saw the female had texted my husband at 11 p.m. Mind you, this female has a husband of her own. When I opened the message, I saw that she would message my husband all throughout the day at work. And even when he was home, she would also call him all throughout the day. That's weird. I get that they are coworkers, but it's not normal to do that. My question is, how do I think I should go about the situation with my husband? Um, well, just say everything you said to me to your husband. That's how I think you should have a real adult conversation with him and voice your concerns. Because, I mean, I can't tell you to do anything. It's his coworker. Obviously, you followed him and you made this commitment to do that. You're not going to make him switch careers or anything like that. Um, I mean, you really shouldn't feel threatened. I mean, maybe she is just a cunt, you know, that some people are like that and want to be like the the alpha female or something like that. I mean, I don't really know. Some women are super fucking weird, right? Um that might be how it is. Maybe she's looking down on you because you're not like part of the Marines or something like that. I, I don't know. These are just guesses that are coming off the top of my head. However, I do think just have a real 
talk with your husband and voice your concerns 100% and, and don't get in an argument. Just be really objective about it and be like, these are the problems I'm having. Can you explain to me like, why is this like, like why, why can't you, why can't you be texting me? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really have a problem with it, but it just depends. I, I see where your concerns are coming, but I, I do say voice them with him and see what he has to say about it. Maybe he will be like, oh, my wife has a problem with it. And maybe, you know, not respond as much. So hers stop as well. I'm 23 weeks pregnant and I can't live with my husband anymore. I decay of it if it's the hormones or what. See, we are currently living with my in-laws and I keep telling my husband to move out, but he's a 30-year-old piece of shit. He feels obligated to take care of his mother and her parents. Does that make him a piece of shit? I don't know what makes him a piece of shit, but I don't know. I have told him that maybe I should move out and live on my own, and when he finally has the balls to move out, he could come live with me and the baby. Of course, he is not okay with this idea. I don't care what to do. Also, we are brown Indians. That's why he feels obligated to live with his parents, but I need my own space. Love your channel. Thank you for the laughs. And so the advice, you're going you're gonna to show him the advice that I give. Okay, great. Well, here's the thing. How long has he been living with his parents? Why does he have to live with them? I get that it's like a cultural thing that you're saying, but like you could still help your parents and people in your family without living with them. I think if he's deciding to obviously have a kid with you and wants to spend the rest of his life with you, I think he's really going to have to like make some sacrifices, even if it is a little bit of a moral sacrifice for you. Um, manning the fuck up. I don't know if it's a version of manning the fuck up. I mean, maybe he is like a mom's boy or some shit like that. I don't, I don't know the person. However, I, I would. I mean, I don't. I could never imagine being like, no, I want to live with my mother. I need to stay here and help. What the fuck? To me, that's super weird. But also, what you said it's you guys are brown. I don't really get that it might be super different however yeah i think he has to make a sacrifice especially if you're pregnant and like you guys are gonna be like having a family like you're gonna need your own fucking space that shit gets really crowded babies take up a lot of room even though they're the little small packages of human they take up a lot of space just do it what the fuck's the problem moving out from away from your parents is like a privilege people will do so much to do that so i think it's about time especially 30 years old get the fuck out of there get your own place it feels good. It feels rewarding to have your own thing. I mean, I don't live in my own place. I'm just saying I could imagine, and I'm pretty positive of that assumption, that it is very rewarding of having your own place and keeping it up and having your own family and your own your own home, you know what I'm saying? And you could still help. There's absolutely no reason why you couldn't call your mother every day or see her as much as you want. Don't move across the country if he doesn't want to. Maybe do a little bit of compromises and live kind of close so he could still take care of them, you know what I'm saying? There might be to be compromises on both ends, but I think there needs to be a little bit more on his end. What up? I've dropped out of college before, engineering major, and before that I considered an apprenticeship, horse trainer. Right now I'm in university, teaching major, but I'm still not happy. How do you figure out what you really want to do if there are so many things that you're interested in that nothing in particular is that good that you'd want to stick with it? Keep trying. Keep looking for things that you want to do until something really sticks out to you. You know what I'm saying? Like try as many things. There's not there's not like a limit to where it's like, okay, nope, you've tried enough things, now you got to stop. Right. Well, eventually, well, not really. You could just keep doing it forever. Even if you did have a family and did have people look after, you could still try things in your free time. I think that's a thing that really set me apart from pretty much everybody I know. Is I was willing to try anything. I didn't give a shit. You know, I, I went to tons of different schooling, like you did. Tried different things. You know, bartender. Uh, had a different YouTube channel. Uh, business major. Fashion major, comedy school, all these things. Um, and then I picked this. Like, this was the best thing I found. The thing that I was like, oh, this is it. I love this. I want to do nothing else for the rest of my life. So I think you just need to find things and, like, 
eventually you're gonna learn like and, and quit them as fast as possible right like don't stick on something like let's say you be like it seems like you're good at, at like at quitting because quitting is very good like let's say you go to school for like two years and you hate it and you don't want to go anymore just stop just stop going and try something new right because you want to figure that out kind of sooner than later so you can start really putting in all of your time and all of your skills into it and progressing in that so just try more. I think if you quit more things and see how many more things you don't like, when you find the right thing, you're going to know. And maybe um, also like read books about things you might be interested in and like watch a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of other people doing it and maybe see, try and see what it's like because like everything is fun in the beginning and then eventually there's this point, right? It's called like the dip. There's this dip at the bottom. You should read this book called The Dip, by the way. I'm telling everybody to fucking read this book. I say it a lot, and I think I've said it every single poppy code. The dip, it's about three months or like into doing this thing where everything, no matter what, fucking sucks. I don't care what you're learning. It sucks at one point because it gets the fun, goes down, and then like how much you've learned and funness goes down into like, okay, now I got to become like a pro at it, right? I got to get really good at it, and that's the climb, and that's where it gets really hard. You got to find that thing that's worth climbing up the mountain for because everything's fun to learn in the beginning, right? You know, learning soccer, learning basketball, it's like, oh, it's so fun. This is so much fun. Oh, oh, now I got to learn these like little minute things that aren't that fun, but then if you learn those things and keep going, getting really, really good at it, you'll see a lot of progress and become one of the best. Because most most people stop down here. So once you find that thing that's worth the climb, that I think you're going to be like, fuck yeah, bitch. This is my shit. And I think that goes for everybody, you know? Hope you find it. A lot of people don't drop out of college, and that's that's good. I did. And last question, guys. I'm 27 and work a job that I hate. It makes good money, but I know I have to do something I'm passionate about to be happy. I got my bachelor's in speech and Spanish. After graduating, I went to Mexico and volunteered teaching English. I came back to the States, but after being in Mexico, I realized that I would like to start my own, start a non-profit organization helping rebuild schools and English programs in Mexico and other countries. That's fucking amazing. I've researched government-funded non-profits and how to start one, but I feel like I waited too late wrong. I ended up getting married to an amazing guy, but now we have a baby. I love my new little family, but I feel like I don't know how to make all the dreams I had come true now. I like helping people and feeling like I'm making a difference. I feel as though I am a humanitarian and it's my purpose in life to help others in some way. Even if I could start the nonprofit now, I'll be even if I can't start the nonprofit now, I'll be happy with a job I can help people too. I am now on maternity leave and have until the end of June to go back to working the same company I hate or find something else. Please help with your suggestion or advice. Absolutely do not go back to the job you hate. That's draining. That is the worst decision ever. Use this time to absolutely find the perfect place. Like Get your foot in the door somewhere. It's definitely not too late. You're 27. You're still very, very young. I get that you have a family, but if he's an amazing guy, he should be supporting every single thing you do. Even if you have a kid, you can still do things. Like it's, It doesn't end your life. Um, so I would say... I don't think it's too, I don't know how to start a nonprofit organization. However, I'm sure there are, they're hiring. They got to be hiring somehow. There's got to be a way to do that and get your foot in the door. And, and no matter what it is, and, and don't be worried about taking a pay cut. I, I don't know how these things work. Obviously, they probably pay, even right? Okay. So I would say get your foot in the door as, as much as possible. Do it, get the job that you're most qualified for, but that like, 
just, just get in there. Take anything. If that's what you want to do, eventually, if you're super good and really passionate about it, you're going to climb up the ranks and maybe you're going to learn a ton of stuff and then you're going to learn the things that it's going to take. Like, like absorb all this knowledge. Like, be like a fucking sponge, especially if you love it like it sounds like you do. Be super passionate about it. Learn everything you can, right? Get paid to learn, right? Like, you're getting money and you get to learn about it and you're doing the thing you like, right? This is so many wins you got going on here. And then take everything you learned, save up some fucking dough and start your own. Take everything you learn, leave that bitch and start your own thing. Or if you're super happy being there, like, and stuff, because like having your own thing takes away all free time. You got to keep this in mind, okay? If you want to work for somebody in a nonprofit and want to help people and that just makes you equally as happy, you got to see, since now you have a new kid, um, is it worth having your own business? You have... Zero free time. Like, once you leave work, that's when it ends, right? You, you, mind shuts off from that. You go back to work, and then you think about it. And when you come home, you, you do your home thing. But when you have your own thing going on, your own business or own nonprofit, you, it doesn't end. It's 24-7. Thinking about it, there's always something you could be doing to be bettering the company and things like that. So keep that in mind when picking that choice. If, if, if you think you're built for it, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to go get your foot in the door and learn and then start your own thing later if that's what you want to do. So I think... You can think about starting the business and seeing how it's all run by getting your foot in the door and seeing how it runs and seeing if you like it. But I say definitely do not go back to something you hate because life is too goddamn short to be miserable waking up hating what, you li- hating what you're doing for the rest of your life. Like j- The job takes up a vast majority of what you're going to be doing for your life and it's absolutely never worth it to do something you don't enjoy. You should be, able, like, you should be jumping out of bed excited to be doing what you're going to be doing for the day. I know I do, and that's what I want every single person on earth to do. Like, you could die, and like, that's, that's the main thing I want to convey to most people, is you could die at any point. Is it really worth going to a shitty job that you don't like? Obviously not. Like, definitely try and find something, like, to even taking a pay cut is definitely worth the happiness, you know? Like I said, that $100,000 of debt is worth it if it makes you happy. Happiness, you can't put a price on happiness. And that's how I'm going to end this one, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys for all of your questions. If you guys want to ask a question, you guys can do it in the comments below. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, of course, I'm going to keep you guys all anonymous. Don't you worry. Um, you can send them in to a DM, a wine box poppy on anything. Um, I do recommend, I mean, you could send them in on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Does not matter at all. Uh, you can email me then. Uh, my email is in the description below. All my links are in the description below, guys. I love this segment. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I hope this all helped. So smack that face right up there to subscribe. If you haven't already, two goddamn videos right over there. Anyone help support the channel and help it grow. Did I just cl- clap way too much? Patreon.com slash Poppy. It's right in this corner. Link in the description below as well. Thank you so much, guys. Mwah.